All right, Perry, let's do this thing. Oh my gosh, Perry, come on. I'm gonna get drunk by myself tonight, I think. I which one this is. Oh, friends online. Swan, how long have you been here? Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 129 of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your host, Perry. With me this week is the illustrious and one and only Swan himself. Swanee? Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, too. I think I'm going to let you run the podcast this week, buddy. I think uh, <laughs> I had, had enough of the hostile takeover Did last you, week. You had your fill from one week. You see how hard it is to keep things on track now? <laughs> I did. I also realized I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you guys don't, like, you don't get us off track too often. I mean, you're pretty, uh, you're pretty consistent with... Uh, with keeping things in line. Yeah, but when I do, though, it's like a serious derailment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the whole train's gone. That is that is very true. Um, so, as you guys can see, or hear, rather, uh, the, the, those folks who are seen uh, are on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast. They are watching the live stream of us recording this episode. Um, but if you are listening, uh, you, of course, notice that Curtis is not with us this week. I... somewhat sad news um but exciting news for him as well uh he and his fiance Allie uh are in the process of moving up to Cincinnati so we uh we unfortunately um it's and it's not gonna be like a permanent he's gone kind of deal um but Curtis is gonna start kind of transitioning to being um less frequent on the show for a little bit um, as he makes some some major life changes, uh, but we're very excited for him. Uh, it's a big a big time of change for all of us, of course. Um, yeah, but uh, he yeah he's he's moving up to to Cincinnati at the moment. He did say, of course, that he would drive down from time to time to come hang out with us and record episodes. The good thing though is that we've kind of behind the scenes been doing a test drive on how how easy or difficult it might be to record remotely and uh, if anything good comes from (laughs) quarantine this is it man this is uh showing us that it's it it, we can we can do this for real so uh, Mm i in some regard the show will definitely still continue um but we, we i i think what we'll have to do is once people are able to come over to the house again, um, and it feels safe enough, we'll we'll record one last big episode in the studio before it becomes a before it becomes a nursery, and folks move around a little bit. Swan, though, you you're still here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually just moving within Lexington. Just got a yeah. new job here in Lexington, so be good. To and go. and you you had a, at one point we thought that you were actually going to be moving out of state. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I was the, that was the plan. Uh but then all of this started happening and um it is it, it's hard to find jobs right now. So when you're yes. depending on two people's income and it can only be one, it gets a little tough. Yeah. So but that that's uh 
think things are changing, but it's ever so slightly. And, um, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to what the, the future of the show is going to be. It's, it's like it's been in a constant state of flux from like day one, <laughs> you know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's something that excites me um, for the show. It also can be a little bit of a stressor. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we, we managed to keep things interesting and we have a good time with it and, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I've always said the show's going to go on as long as we possibly can and we're working through it, man. Absolutely. Working through it. But that's a, that's enough of inside baseball. We're going to move on to, uh, the, the episode proper, uh, and we always start out with flying blind where uh, the co-hosts do not know what they are being blinded with with the yeah. what they don't know what they're drinking that's the that's the gist of it yeah and you um, know honestly the past few weeks it's all been flying blind for me so <laughs> it's just it's interesting for sure i am looking forward to you trying this one swan me too me too <laughs> you're just excited to drink in general Pretty, you know, you nailed it. Um, my favorite meme right now is the one where they took a giraffe and then took some blue marker and like barely like drew over it, and they said, "If you can tell what this animal is, I'm drinking a beer." Yeah, it's like uh, that's been me for the entire quarantine. So, um, I, and like the, it, I, I posted a um, in our our little Slack group um, for our for work. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a we actually have a memes channel. Yes, and I threw a meme in there that was that just said quarantine. The only time when happy hour moved from five o'clock to whenever o'clock. So yeah, man, <laughs> work memes are the absolute best. We got one because uh, you know I do the Kroger pickup thing now. It's I've got one where it's the car from Harry Potter in the tree, and it says I'm here to pick up my pickup order. I'm in lane. I think this one, and it's just. <laughs> It's just it's just a car and a tree. <laughs> that is good. That is fantastic stuff. Yeah, I oh, love that. Fantastic. Oh, Tammy pointed out in the chat here. Otherwise known as flapping your wings without spectacles. Absolutely. Yes, yes indeedy. Uh, I am drinking out of my High West Distillery uh, glass at the moment. One of two hand blown glasses that I got from uh, Jason and Natalie. Uh, listen. <laughs> Levitation lens free. Good one, Nick Zangatsis. That's awesome. Um, started something. <laughs> uh, but these are the really beautiful High West glasses. Um, I that, love those, man. That, that they uh, they gifted me, and I freaking love them. I don't use them enough, um, mm-hmm. but they are like right in the pocket of those, you know, uh, uh, like perfect, perfect glasses just to hold. Like they're, mm-hmm. they, they just fit so snugly in my hand. Yeah, and you know, there's something to be said. We we always go on about bottle design, but High West has got something cool where they they use like a speckle in their glass. Mm-hmm. It's very faint, and I think those glasses have it as well. So they cool do. to look at. Um, do you have Do you have a set of these? I don't know. I just steal them every opportunity I get when we do drinks at your house, <laughs> which has been a hot minute at this point. But I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for those to commence again. Swan, what do you think about this flying blind? I was kind of having a hard time pegging it. I'm gonna be honest; I still am, even with the with nose and palate. Yeah, it's it's really creamy and buttery. It is, yeah. 
I don't know. Like something about it is not quite working for me. Interesting. Which part of it? I don't know. I guess I want it to have like more bite, but it is just so soft and sure. creamy, as you pointed out. But yeah, that could just be what I'm transitioning from. But yeah, you did just come off of 120 proof. True. Yeah, bourbon. I didn't. I didn't make this one easy on myself. But it's um, <laughs> no. It, I do. I do like it. That is about the only nose that I get on it. It's just that kind of soft, like creamy, almost like um. When you uh, make like, I don't know, it's kind of peanut buttery a little, but mm-hmm. like a peanut butter sauce as opposed yeah. to like the peanut butter, if that makes sense. Like the peanut butter sauce you get at uh, OBC. Yes. With the, yes. With the bacon. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I miss OBC in a in a big way right oh, now. Yeah. They don't, they're not even doing uh, curbside. They're only doing, they're, well, they're not doing anything. <laughs> they're only mm-hmm. doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Still get Malone's though, man. They messed up the other day. Oh, we got an order for free. It was great. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I am surviving and thriving off of the uh, the mini burgers from Drake's at the moment. Oh, those are I, so good. I've ordered it, and it sounds weird, but they have the the juicy Lucy's. Mm-hmm. I know what you're uh, talking about. Those those are my. Oh my gosh, those burgers are just incredible anyway um what what are we doing drinking whiskey that's what it is yeah Um, (laughs) if i had to guess this proof points probably like 95 to 100 Mm -hmm. doesn't seem super high really creamy i think this would pair really well with some stuff but by itself i'm not i don't think i would reach for it too often do you have an idea distillery wise where it might be (sighs) distillery wise um, if I had to guess, it'd probably be Heaven Hill or a Craft, one of the two. Well, you were close on the proof. Mm. It's a hundred proof. Okay. This is a brand new product, or expression rather, from the Bullet Whiskey Company. Oh, okay. This is the gotcha. this is the Blender Select. Um. I'm glad I didn't buy a bottle of this now. I, I actually quite like it. It's it, I, I, it's not my favorite release from Bullet. I think mm-hmm. I still would rather have the 10-year or the cast strength. Yeah. Or even one of the single barrels. I think the single barrels have been money. Really, yeah, really no, great. They are very good. I was skeptical, yeah. but I picked up a Total Wine one and was impressed. But the, I, I do like this. I think that... Um, I definitely would put it above regular bullet. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. It doesn't feel like together. Maybe that blender select is kind of like when I make a blend and it doesn't quite fully mesh, you know? Does it remind you of a small batch select? A little bit, but missing the proof. Yeah. I think that that bite that i was wanting is probably that extra proof would probably put it right there because that's only what like eight proof points off um uh isn't small batch select 104 104 still i guess another four points would be enough i don't i'm not sure but no i I would grab small batch select even uh oh absolutely every time over this absolutely what what small batch select go for like 50 60 
Yeah, they're they're right at the same price point. Yeah, this was fifty two ninety nine. Yeah, so I grab four roses. Yeah, I I mean I totally agree. I think small batch select is, I mean it was my best, <laughs> it's my best bourbon of twenty nineteen. So as it should be, <laughs> as it should be. All right. Well, that was uh, that was flying blind. Um, before we get into the the news of the week. And there's there's not a whole lot of it. Um, I want to uh, bring a couple things up. First off, I, if you guys have not yet done so, please go and leave a rating and a review on the iTunes podcast app or the Apple podcast app uh, on your phone. It is a really, really good way for people to continue to find the show if they are searching for bourbon podcasts or something like that uh, in their app. And it, it, it is an important part for uh sharing the love around uh for the show we appreciate everybody who has done so already i don't think i have a new review uh to read out for the end of the show um i'll check on that and get back to you guys uh by the end um as of recording i am a little bit behind on getting out the next edition of the iso sessions i haven't had a chance to get that edited yet uh i've been too busy playing animal crossing i'm just gonna be honest with you but also work has work has really sucked over the past week um so uh, I'm, I'm trying to get to it and I, I will get to it as soon as possible at the very least you will wind up um pretty much having two iso sessions in a week maybe um it could very well be like a, a week full of content for for people um i might have iso sessions on monday and friday pregame chats on Tuesday for Patreon, main episode on Wednesday, and then live stream on Thursday. So it could be a really content-heavy week for This Is My Bourbon Podcast, Yeah. Um, should everything go go the way that I would like for it to. Um, but that that is still there. I'm still doing that. The, the, the ISO sessions, they will still be uploaded for sure. Um, just keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on your podcast feed. Uh, and the last thing before the news, I want to give a big... Uh, congratulations and shout out and love to the guys from the podcast. I know I gave that on uh, my live stream last week, which, by the way, if you're not watching the live streams, it's every Thursday night at 8.30 on YouTube.com slash This Is My Bourbon Podcast. Anyway, um, the guys from the podcast uh, are celebrating their four-year anniversary, uh, or were celebrating their four-year anniversary this past week. Uh, the, the first episode they ever released was on Cinco de Mayo. Um, so it, it's an incredible feat for those guys. I'm so proud of them. I, uh, and, and I'm very thankful to call Will and the Grease friends, um, without their show, honestly, this show would not exist. Um, without seeing that it was possible to get together with buddies and talk about something that we love so much and, and have fun while doing it, but also still paying tribute and, and giving so much love to whiskey, to bourbon. I, I honestly, don't think this show would have existed. So raising, raising a glass to the, to the podcast, uh, for sure. Virtu- virtual cheers to everybody. But I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very honored to call them both friends. That's all I'll say. Still need to meet them though. That's, I haven't met them. Oh, Swan. You I know what we imagine. should do? You know what we should do? When, when quarantine ends, mm-hmm. we should find some way to do a huge collaboration episode with all of our hosts and, and both of them and do just this massive 
massive episode. I would be floored if we could make that happen. Oh, man. I, I think I could do it. Yeah. I can imagine Swan and the Grease. Oh, oh, you guys. <laughs> you guys would be <laughs> kindred spirits. <laughs> I, I we we need to at some point go see Grease's Whiskey Bunker. Have you seen that at all on social media? Uh, I've seen like a couple of things, but now I've not. Oh, it seen is it, it is a work of art, man. I I am just like I was happy with the studio. I was mm-hmm. happy with the the bourbon room, but pff, his his nook, his whiskey nook, puts this to shame. And then some. <laughs> so go go follow at the real grease on uh, on Instagram, and you'll check it Me out. Me too. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, we almost we almost skipped something, Perry. We did. What have you al- been drinking recently? Oh, we almost did skip. What have we been drinking recently? Sorry about that. Almost did. Every you now took a and week then. Off. <laughs> Every now and then, it kind of slips through the cracks, and I'm like, uh, we'll just let's just get right into it, but. Um, do you want me to go first? Yeah, what you been drinking, Okay, man? sure. Um, I got sent, and I drank it on the live stream, uh, the two newest releases of the Barrel Proofs of Larceny and Elijah Craig from Heaven Hill, and daggummit if they aren't spectacular. <laughs> um, I, I gave Swan a, a healthy sample of the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof B520 as well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to see what you think about it. Honestly, we could we could do a little mini review up front if you wanted. Let's do it right now. Okay, cool. Let's go. I don't. So you've been drinking those. I've been drinking just those. Recap, yes. Just to recap, uh, real quick, I've been drinking more rare breed. <laughs> that thing, that bottle is disappearing. Um, I'm like a crappy magician pulling rabbits out of its hat with that bottle. They're illusions, Swan. (laughs) Well, my sanity's an illusion about halfway through that (laughs) bottle. uh... (laughs) But I I will say, um, basically at this point, anything goes. Like, I'm just... Like, if it's out, I'm drinking it. Like, vintage turkey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pouring it. If it's a... Weller, if it's my Weller foolproof, I'm drinking it. Like, there's just no, there's no rules anymore, it feels like. And, like, at some point, I was like, I'll bring out a little bit and just kind of enjoy some special stuff. But now it's like the Wild West and there are no laws. And it's just like, it's 3.30 in the afternoon and I'm going to have some Knob Creek single barrel. I have a feeling like it, like I deserve it. (laughs) Have you noticed the longer I've gotten into, like, this thing, all this going on, it's like, the whole special occasion whiskey, you're like, I'm going to save this for my deathbed or something like that. You're like, this is it. This is the time. This, this is, is the that occasion. time I was preparing for. Yeah. Like, I'm sure every doomsday prepper was sitting there just like, this is it. Coronavirus, one case in Seattle, head to the bunker. And then there's me just looking at my whiskey shelf like, half of you guys are going to make it, half of you guys are not. Look to the bottle to your left, look to the bottle to your right, one of these guys will be gone. Like, <laughs> this is what I was made for, Perry. <laughs> One in three whiskey bottles will not make it through to the end of the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> if you or a loved yeah. one has been affected by the pandemic whiskey shortage. <laughs> 
I mean, this is I. I just feel like this is what we were made for, Perry. This, this was, is our. This uh, is what we've been. Per- this is our finest hour. This is the yeah. moment that we have we have been training for for years, and like they laughed at us. They called us fools. They said, "Why are you spending that that much money on whiskey? I married you for other reasons." And here we are, and we're surviving and thriving. We're doing. We're living our best lives. Going back yeah, to the podcast, just stealing a catchphrase from them. But we we are living our best lives right now, my friend. Yeah, heck, even at the beginning of my like when I was dating Diane, she came over. She's like, "Wow, you got a lot of bourbon. What's that for?" And it's like. Oh, you'll find out. Oh, hold then the on. pandemic hits, and it's just like, ha, ha, ha. we're good. I'm, I'm curious: has Diane been interested in trying any of your of your bourbon since all this happened? Yeah, actually, I still had some uh, Le Maison du Whiskey picks uh, left over nice. from a long time ago. That was when we did um, that uh, the the celebratory live stream with Chad and Sarah. Yeah, and today, same thing. I was like, this is it. This is the time I've been waiting for. So we finished off uh, three of them. You just, uh, in the distance, you... in the distance, you just hear Eye of the Tiger, like, lightly yeah. playing, and it's just getting louder and louder the closer you get to the samples. Yeah. So we, uh, <laughs> we, we, we finished those off today because we, I needed some sample bottles to hand to you when you came over. And uh, yeah. she speaks French. She's been over there. She's actually looking at doing a trip next year uh, over to Paris. Uh, and I was just like, let's share these. Didn't even think that they were 136 proof. And she took a she took a big swig of it. And she was like, mm, this is strong. And I'm like, that's all you got to say? <laughs> that's it? <laughs> that's it? But hey, man, she can she can drink strong proof. Uh, stuff. Apparently, uh, I mean, was was she a like a veteran of Everclear or <laughs> what's the deal there? No, she's just every once in a while I'll let her try what I'm having, and she's perfectly fine drinking 120, 130 proof stuff. Not her favorite. She's more of a vodka person, but she tries <laughs> it. She doesn't hate it. I'm fine with that. More whiskey for you, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, hey, how do you how do anyways, you how do you feel about our quick little mini review of the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof B five twenty? Got it poured in my rare bleed rare, rare bleed glassed. Yeah, I'm not cutting that out. Oh, <laughs> no, leave it in, man. They're they're gonna know that this was a uh, this is a rough time for me. Can I just say so? We're as I said, we're live streaming this for for Patreon. I feel like my forehead has gotten bigger in quarantine. Like I think I've, I think my airline's receding. <laughs> Customer service will do that to you, man. <laughs> that and wearing a hat every day because I'm too lazy to take a shower. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm getting back to customer service, and this thing's flying south for the winter. It's, uh, wouldn't it be flying north. Nope. Nope. <laughs> just... Wait. So so you're you're turning into cousin it. Yeah, <laughs> flying, flying south for the winter. My bad. Could you right. could you imagine though if, like, instead of our hair receding, it slowly moved further down our faces? Yeah, you were born with a forehead, and by the time you're 25, it's just head. It's just <laughs> you got a baby with male pattern baldness. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> by the time remember when I said about the derailment. <laughs> Yeah, it's not always you and Curtis. Sometimes it's me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It's okay oh, because man. I know how to get it back on track because I want to know what you're thinking about the Elijah Craig Bear Roof V 520. It's good. It's not jumping out as of the glass as much as the A from this year. Oh, the A120 was it it was it was a masterful pour. I'm not getting a ton of ethanol either, which I like because I actually just had the C917 uh a little bit the other day and it was very ethanol heavy and it's the same proof almost. This that one's 127, this one's 127.2 classic elijah craig nose though it's very on profile as far as the nose goes in in my review oof, <laughs> sorry little little electric guitar interlude there um but in my my review on my live stream i said that where a120 was kind of an off profile but welcome difference to the mm-hmm. the ecbp line um this was very much a return to form this it hands is. down feels like a classic Elijah Craig barrel proof. And I don't hate it. I'm no, I'm really no, quite happy about it. This is good. This is very good. I think the uh nose is probably the most lacking thing. It could be the glass. I'm drinking this out of a sure. rocks glass. Uh but the profile as far as um just the palette and the finish nailed it. This is exactly what I like. I, if I had to introduce somebody to Elijah Craig barrel proof this. It's it, it is very much on point. Can I can yes. I tell you about um I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show before. Uh but the first time that I ever had Antique 107, Weller mm-hmm. Antique 107, um <clears throat> we were at Lucy's favorite restaurant in Lexington, which I, I love as well. Uh Palmer's out in Lexington Green. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and <clears throat> it was right right at the end of the 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 time where antique 107 was mostly available at bars and i was i was like you know what i've never had this before i'm going to try it and it came out in the the tasting glass it was like the official tasting glass of uh the bourbon trail mm-hmm. right so it's basically just like a like a fat glencairn and i bigger Bigger, like it's it's got more of a like more of a bulb to it than the glass that you just oh, okay. held up. Um, anyway, I I went in for for my <laughs> for the smell, and honestly, I was not prepared for the ethanol hit that I was about to get, and I stuck my nose like way far into the glass. And that was all I got was just like an ethanol burn. And I was here in the middle of this restaurant and I was just going. And Lucy was like, good, right? Me with cigars. Someday Swan will smoke cigars together. I think that would be kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be fun. We'll send the. Video to Brian and it, it can't be worse than uh, than Dane at my wedding, who smoked so much of a cigar that he threw up. <laughs> I know to puff. That's on a, it. I, I no, no, that. no. He was not puffing. He was inhaling. That's no, a real thing that no, happened no. to him. And so we we had uh, we had brunch uh, the day after the wedding. And Dane walked 
into the <laughs> into the hotel restaurant, and he was still green. <laughs> like I've I've never seen that kid with with puffier eyes in my entire life. But he was just he wasn't just feeling hungover; he was feeling the effects of. T- <laughs> heavy tobacco (laughs) it was it was a great moment for me it was great yeah oh i can imagine yeah so anyway ecbp uh b520 uh it's it's really good i i do find myself in the later releases releases from last year really kind of liking those standoffish get away from the normal profile this is kind of me making me think maybe i should go back to the normal it's good. I I think that I, I can't remember for sure. I think I gave it like a sixteen or a sixteen point five out of twenty, and it was just kind of a guesstimation on what I what I would have done, you know, point by point, uh, if I were actually breaking it down. But I I think this is honestly one one of the the better Elijah Craig barrel proofs that I've had over the past year and a half, two years. Yeah, I think uh, I would be a 16. If I had to do just a rough breakdown, it'd probably be three for a nose, four for a palate, four for a finish, and then a five for price. And that put me right at 16. I I have to go, like, I think this is the only whiskey with with, with consistent releases, with consistent batches, that Mm -hmm. I would go back and kind of retroactively change my price score. You know, like a six, yeah. 60 $65 for a barrel-proof bourbon. It's just, it it's so unheard of at this point. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't be mad about it. I can't be angry about yeah, it. Yeah, I can't. I can't be either. And I think, too, the fact that it comes out three times a year yeah. really doesn't incentivize a lot of people to mark it no. up. You know, like, I mean, if you even when I do see this marked up, it's 80, 90 dollars. And I'm looking at it like, well, it is worth that. Oh, I would. I would I just don't want to pay it because I can get it 60 somewhere else. I, it, see, that's the thing, though. I would still pay 80 dollars for this. Oh, all day long. Honestly, like all that. That's long. kind of my my cap on new releases. I'm, I'm willing to, to shell out a little bit more for older editions. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm getting like, you know, into 500 dollar territory. But no. You know, for for older Elijah Craig barrel proofs, I would totally drop <laughs> like double the primary market value. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm At right least. there with you. They do a really good job curating this every time it comes out. Okay, so that was our little mini review of the B520 release of yeah. uh, Elijah Craig barrel proof. Swan, do you want to talk about the the news for the week? Yeah, we got a little bit of it here. It's not too heavy this week. Yeah, it is extremely light on uh, on news this week. This uh, this first uh, bit comes from GoBourbon.com, otherwise known as the Bourbon Review. Guys, go and check them out on uh, social media if you have not already. Uh, this is about the newest release and the return of, rather, OKI. Yeah, no, I'm 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 excited about this one because I can't I can't believe this even happened this quickly. You know, the, I think this is a product of the secondary market because they they mention it directly in the article mm-hmm. um, that this the old releases are going anywhere between four to five times the retail prices on secondary markets. 
I think they're just seeing an opportunity, and I cannot blame them one bit for taking it. It's it it is so fascinating to me to see a a revival of a product that didn't go away all that long ago. Yeah, that is a little strange. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not mad at it at all. I like that it's coming back in cash strength. I do think it's an odd choice to ditch what one of the things that really made it popular, which was that 8, 10, and 12-year-olds. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that seems a little odd to me. But, you know, I'm all for com- this coming back and hitting shelves, and looks like it's going to be pretty limited on this front part right here. It says it's one of 160. So, yeah, um, what what else is uh, it, the other thing that's interesting to me, too, is that they're not being shy about the fact that it is basically a five year old new riff bottle. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still using the 36 percent rye recipe, um, but it's. It's really, really kind of a, a strange release. Exciting. But a little bit strange, to be quite fair. I one sixteen point six proof, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's right there in that barrel proof um, category for new riff products. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this is really the first time that we would have seen a five year old new riff product. Yeah, and it it makes me wonder if they're going to keep new riff at like a four ish age range and then maybe reserve their older stock for stuff like this, like an OKI release now that it is so popular. I would be interested to see as well. If potentially, because this is essentially bringing a new product into the new riff line, right? Everything Mm -hmm. so far has been new riff whiskey. Whether it's the Balboa rye or the 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 bottle and bond whiskey or or whatever, it's all fallen under the new riff product line. So it makes me wonder whether or not they would actually release a a another brand that would come from from new riff. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, going back to the fact that they they're seeing an opportunity and seizing it. I couldn't imagine why they wouldn't do that and make some extra money. If they took New yeah. Riff and they made it $70, everyone would laugh at them. If they make a five-year-old and strap, like slap an OKI label on it that's been kind of revitalized even from two years ago, and they make some extra money, I mean... See, here, here's the thing about that, though. And, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but the fact that they went from higher age statements... Mm-hmm. down to a five-year, I mean, 8, 10, and 12, where there are three staples for their releases, the fact that they're they're dropping down to a five-year-old release, which is fine. I mean, I understand. It's it's not sourced anymore. It's now New Riff's own distillate. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, it could It could either be very well-received or people are just going to crap on it. Yeah, but I mean, there's also going to be people like uh, Ian, who's going to be, you know, he's he's our new riff guy, for anybody that doesn't know. He just sure. absolutely adores the brand. Um, 
he, he's going to look at it and think, oh, this is a five-year-old new riff. This is worth some extra money to me. I want to be the first one in line to have some extra-aged new riff. And even if it's got a different label on it, I don't see him being upset about that. I am not seeing a price on it at the moment. Swan, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm not seeing anything price-wise on my end. Um, no, I'm not. I, I would have to imagine that this is probably going to be a 50 or $60 a bottle of bourbon. Yeah, or if not more. Um, but I think it'll be more than the standard release or even a single barrel from New Riff. Oh, why do you think it would be more? Because I think now they've kind of established the fact that it's a, a, a bourbon that has actually been produced by New Riff at five years old, right? And, and the fact that we've seen four-year-old whiskey come out at most for mm. $55, $60 um, from New Riff, I don't see why this would be priced much higher than $60. That's kind of just been the trend recently. Like, if you look at other um, brands, like even Buffalo Trace, they'll put out, instead of their 107, they'll add some proof points, and all of a sudden it's um, a little more expensive for the full proof. Or, um, you know, you'll see... Elmar T. Lee go from 90 to 100 and it's all of a sudden extremely collectible and more expensive. Um, it's just kind of been a trend you've seen with other distillers. Uh, people are upset about them, or like even Bakers. Bakers is the big one, you know? They go from $40 to all of a sudden now they can charge 60 because they redid the bottle design and called it a single barrel. It's now technically yeah. a different bourbon, so we can charge more. Um, that, that's just the trend that's, that's been going on and not to say that they're going to follow suit. It's just what, what we're used to. But I think the difference is proof versus age, right? Like you, you are kind of talking about like, you know, if, if we're talking about the Weller products, the antique 107 to the full proof is seven points proof difference, Mm -hmm. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going from a seven-year-old whiskey to an eight-year-old whiskey, right? Yeah. And what, what what we are being served in this OKI release is essentially new Riff bourbon repackaged into something that people already have an affinity for at a higher age statement than what it is currently in its main bottle. So I think that if if they're going to maintain the the overall not consistency but kind of the the notoriety that they might have already developed mm-hmm. I I think it's fair to see that the the price might not be too much higher than like $10 more than a new riff single barrel. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean either way, I'm sure. I'm with clifton here that's in our chat he's just excited to finally try it you know because i I oh no i am too yeah i bought one 10 year old and uh realized there's somebody that wanted it a little more than i did just sold it to him for what i what i had in it you know and honestly i don't know if i've had an oki period they did a lot of experimenting with finishes they did yeah so i'm excited for that because like they 
it it was like by the time that we we started the podcast or by the time that like I really started diving into whiskey in general the the OKI brand was moving into being new riff yeah, or just kind of going the... going the way of the dodo in general and you know the fact that it's coming back at this point you know I, I am excited to try it but the the point I guess I'm trying to make is that it's not going to be the same that it was at eight years old, 10 years old, 12 years old. Um, I, I still am interested in trying some of those older releases, but it's just something I never, I never got around to, you know, as, as I was transitioning into this new, this new world of whiskey. Yeah. No, I, I remember when we first started, they were making the Instagram posts of like, the blacked out setting with like the new riff bottle just barely at the bottom and they slowly released it when it came yeah. out. So I'll that look was to it. That was fun. That was a fun time. So this this next one is really kind of um th- this is more of a conversation piece than it is trying to, you know, get people to go and check this out more than anything. Because by the time this episode comes out, uh this will have passed. But there is currently um, a, 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 a online ballot sale for the Van Winkle line through the whiskey exchange. Um, this is really different to me and interesting. And I cannot think of another situation where this would have happened. So, uh, to give people kind of a little bit more clarity, what they're doing is they're selling, uh, the Van Winkle line from the 10 year old all the way up to the 23 year old, um, a little bit above retail, probably what, like 20 bucks above retail, um, yeah. in, in some cases. Um, but what would happen is you put in your, your ballot, you put in your <laughs> credit card information, but unless you actually get, uh, drawn, you don't get charged for it. But the, you know, you could potentially wind up with a Van Winkle 23 or a 20 year old or even all again down to the down to the 10 year old what is this is kind of mind-boggling to you as it is to me Swan yeah but I mean I think we've all been wanting some form of this for years because I I know when we go out in those 20 degree mornings when it's like slightly raining just enough to be a nuisance and i'm bundled up and got there at 6 a.m for a release i'm just thinking is there not some way they could just email me whether or not my name got drawn uh so i i I can't imagine this is a bad idea but just the circumstance of how many people it's going to be like I, i know that when we do those releases there's a bunch of people that are like there is no way i'm getting up at six in the morning to potentially win a bottle and now that is true. anyone that's been able to make a bank account that likes whiskey can just put in for this. I mean, your your odds, I feel like, are substantially lower in something like this. Yeah. It's it's odd that it's it's it is odd. This. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that's the the kind of qualifying factor for it, that it is very strange. Yeah. That this is a, a thing. But I I guess to some extent it makes sense that it's happening right now, given the circumstances. But at the same time, 
is is it kind of a who cares situation? For me, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm not I'm not putting in for it. I, I I want to. I want to. And and you know, I have until tomorrow to really decide, but the the thing about it is like you can only put in for one one time. Mhm. So I could put in once for the 23 year old and if i get drawn then i would be charged for it yeah but i don't want to i don't want to win multiple times because that's a lot of money that i would be i would be spending all of a sudden but yeah i don't i don't know i think the weird i I feel like you you should have been able to like put in a like for a ticket or a number, and then if your ticket or number was called, you could accept or decline it. Yeah, I I do feel like this is very fitting because Buffalo Trace and specifically the Van Winkle line has really attacked the secondary market over the past yeah. year or so, and this seems like their alternative of doing it safely mm-hmm. online. I like that they're putting that out there you know it's like well it's not secondary pricing it is going to be a little over what you'd pay at retail because we need to make some money on this but at the same time it just seems i don't know it just seems like kind of a weird time to do it well you you actually you actually kind of um bring up a good point though what what if we were to see these lotteries move to a virtual only style Right. So instead of us all going out to Liquor Barn and waiting in the freezing cold in October, November for a bottle, mm-hmm. um, instead, they offered the, the digital option. And and there there is something to be said, too, about whether or not, you know, they when when all of this ends, you know, would they take away our ability to, you know, do curbside pickup or, you know, take out cocktails from from places. But I mean, are we potentially kind of seeing the end of in-person spirits lotteries, in-person bourbon lotteries? Uh, Yeah, potentially. I mean, even with the stuff that's going on right now, they probably don't want a thousand people lined up for Pappy on Harrodsburg Road. I mean, they'd much rather have 10 or less. There's no way that's happening if they say they got a bottle of Van Winkle to give out. Mm Mm-hmm. They could send out an email saying tomorrow we've got one bottle of ten year old Rip Van Winkle, uh, and I'm sure a hundred people would show up. It's just how it is. So I, I want to respond to a little bit of what's going on in the chat too, um, for some perspective. Golf whiskey. I said uh, Virginia is an ABC state. We have to enter a lottery uh, for Van Winkle this year. There were almost forty thousand entries for a few hundred bottles of each selection. Um, that's wild. <laughs> that's that's pretty insane. Um, but he also said that's what happens in Virginia. The prices are retail, very fair. So I mean, it, I don't I don't think that Kentucky needs to necessarily move to an ABC state uh, for this to happen. I think that it is kind of it could potentially be an independent thing. I mean, people mm-hmm. could independently decide, liquor barn, total wine, whatever, that they would want to move to a virtual lottery. I don't hate it. I, I enjoy the camaraderie. I enjoy the, the time that we get to spend together, you know, waiting in line <laughs> as I go through puberty again, apparently waiting in line to, uh, you know, 
buy bottles potentially or you know it, like there there was a really fun episode that Chad and Sarah and I recorded back when we were I can't even remember the release uh shoot I can't remember what the release was but we we got there like 2 3 a.m. and we we recorded an episode and we had a lot of fun I mean we were drinking the entire time and chatting mm-hmm. and having a ridiculously good time but you know i i if if it fully moved to a virtual lottery system that that part of it would be lost and i'd be kind of upset about it but at the same time i've kind of gotten used to doing everything from my home (laughs) instead of having to go someplace and yeah do that but anyway i wouldn't i wouldn't be upset by it I, i i don't think i would either um Clifton said he would love a virtual lottery. That's how his story did it last year. Uh, Nick said North Carolina is ABC as well, but each board decides how to distribute their bourbon. Lottery shelf or question mark. So, fair enough. I, I would I would be okay with, you know, stores deciding independently of how how they would like to do it. But we'll see. It it could it could change. Or it could just stay exactly the same. Who's to say? Yeah. Speaking of releases, uh, there are a few new releases that got announced this week. The big one, uh, which we have talked about on the show before, but now it is official, the E.H. Taylor 18-year-old marriage bourbon. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to be 100 proof, of course. Uh, $70 is the MSRP, and it's going to be released in June with a limited availability um, it is combining Buffalo Trace's three bourbon mash bills, uh, the weeded bourbon and the two uh, rye bourbons, and everything is aged for 18 years. So there's been a lot of conversation online, too, about how it seems a little absurd that it's being recommended for $70 when it's probably going to go for much, much more than that. What do, mm-hmm. you, what do you feel about this one? Um, I think it's a little strange to have the Sazerac 18 retailing at 100 and then have this retailing at 70. Seems a little strange to me. You know, both Buffalo Trace products, both 18 years. And I feel like it should go for at least 100. But I know that if I see this bottle on the shelf anywhere, it's going to be going for 400 plus. Yeah. That's I don't know. Uh, I, I think that with um, with non-small stores, with kind of the bigger chains, I, I don't think that it's going to go much higher than $100, honestly. I mm-hmm. feel like Total Wine is pretty respectful of MSRP with a little bit added on because, you know, they're trying to earn some money. Total Wine is kind of, or excuse me, Liquor Barn is kind of the same way as well. Um, I just... I don't think I understand the concern, I guess, but I don't know if it's going to happen in the way that people are are worried about with some of these bigger name liquor stores. Yeah. I mean, I'm, okay. I'm excited to see it or try it, but I, I don't think even at a hundred dollars, I'm going to be yeah. super interested. I'm going to pick it up if I see it for a hundred dollars <laughs> or less. <laughs> But I just don't, I don't see myself, 
I don't see myself hunting this one down. I did that with the Amrith last year, and it was ridiculous. And as somebody pointed out in the chat here, they've not even seen some of the smaller releases, like the old Charter uh, Oak series, even show up in their state. Yeah. And I, I have to imagine most of our listeners are pretty resourceful on finding things within their own state if they want them. I didn't see Taylor at all last year. Um, I mean... People come to Kentucky to find stuff. I didn't see it at all. I lived in Frankfurt all of last year, pretty much. Didn't see it. Hey. It was made down the street. I I highly doubt that we're ever going to see this. I mean, I, I tried to uh, request a sample from Buffalo Trace, and uh, unfortunately, they said that it's just way too limited. I mean, that's just, that's just part of it. I totally understand. Um, but... I, I would like to try it as always. I put <laughs> I'll be I'll be so surprised. <laughs> if it's under thirty a pour at OBC for an ounce, I'll probably give it a try. Oh, definitely. I, yeah, I would totally I agree think, with that. I think I'll do that. Yeah. Um good luck though, man. It's <laughs> even OBC's probably just at this point like, you know, we've been closed, we're just trying to pay some bills. I think we're just gonna sell a bunch of picks and <laughs> One on one, and just hope for the best. I'm not really winging it for some expensive bottles. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. So. Um, moving on to the uh, the next release, it's the Hirsch Bourbon. I am excited about this. I don't, I don't to be hate honest. it. I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, they actually um, they rebranded. They did. Yeah, and I don't. Again. I don't hate the label. I kind of preferred the previous one a little bit more, but this is not this is not bad by any means. I, I like this one. Yeah, 92 proof. 40 bucks a bottle, gonna be released this summer, available in California, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Massachusetts, New York, Tennessee, and Texas, uh, with a, a planned expansion. Uh this new bourbon, I uh, also this is coming from Whiskey Advocate, by the way. Uh, it's a combination of two straight bourbons. The majority, 94%, is made with a mash bill of 75% corn, 21% rye, and 4% malted barley and aged five years and four months, while the remaining 6% is made with 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% malted barley and aged six years and two months. Interesting enough. Um, I don't know if, you know, 6% is going to change all that much in a, a flavor profile. It very well could. Uh, but I, I'm interested to find out what this product is going to actually be like once it gets released. I'm a sucker for flask style bottles. Are you really? I, I am. Yeah, I love it. The ready to drink, um, bourbon. Have you seen those? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't think I do. I'll find them here in a minute, but they make all sorts of different spirits and they put them on a flask style bottle. Love them. Okay. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, even just the little like um, peerless 200 mils. I just think they're awesome. Every time I see them, I want to grab one. Can't because it's peerless, but it's uh, I-, I love it. I think this is a great rebrand on their part. I think it'll stick out on the shelf for the first time in a while because they've been using the, what, the Stag Junior bottle up until this point. Yeah, basically. Yeah, so I think this will help them stand out a little bit. Oh, so so Swan also just sent me the this ready to drink bourbon from Hotel Tango. Yep. I don't I don't I honestly don't know anything about this. 
it's a two-year-old bourbon though mm-hmm. it's there they do all the branding like that they have a gin they have a few other things they all put it right there different labels on the front and they all just i'm a sucker for the branding there. i i, I, I really love am. this label yeah, go look at some of their other stuff. It is definitely worth looking into. I've not had any of their products or seen it for sale, but I'd love to try it if anyone can get it. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna post this on uh, on social media this week because this is some of the most clever branding I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, military. Yeah, but it but it's in a way that's kind of it's kind of poking fun about it. Like mm-hmm. it's a little bit. It's a little bit satirical. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, it's just... I like it a lot. Yeah, they have a... Uh, I'm going to send you another link here. Yeah, please. It's you'll, you'll enjoy this. They actually make a lot of stuff. Oh there my gosh, the entire lineup is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh... Some of my favorite branding. These have been out for probably about a year and a half, two years now. How have I not known about this? I don't know. They've popped up on my feed a few times. Swan, we might we might have to reach out to these folks and try to get them on the show. Yeah, I'm absolutely I'm ready for it. They've got a reserve bourbon too. That's what I was just looking at. I'm, yeah. Um, and then that uh, Orangello that they've got would probably be fun to try, like a Keeneland Breeze. Oh, heck yes. Or even that cherry liqueur I could see doing in a Keeneland Breeze. Yeah. Oh, I want to try the reserve bourbon. I mean, I want to try the regular bourbon, too. But mm-hmm. I, I, am, I am all about this. This is some of the coolest branding I have ever seen. I haven't been this excited about... <laughs> <laughs> about a design strategy in a long time. Oh yeah, could you imagine a whole lineup of those on the uh, show? I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to get in contact with them. Talk about that. Anyway, what were we talking about? Um, the the Hirsch. <laughs> the Hirsch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it. I I'm excited to try it for sure. Um, I actually never had the the eight year bourbon. Uh, that was out, but I'm I'm still interested, for sure. Uh, the last release comes from an MGP bottle. It is the Templeton Rye. It is a barrel strength uh, release at pff, I can't do that math that quickly. Fifty six point five five percent, which is one thirteen point one proof. Uh, sixty bucks a bottle. Oh, wow. uh, non age stated released sometime this month uh with a pretty high availability of 16,800 bottles um i'm 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 not i've not really been a big fan of the templeton products but i am still interested in trying this what do you think swan uh, i'm looking forward to trying it we've had quite a few people in our and at least in our circle that have really enjoyed some more barrel proof heavy um cocktails mm-hmm and Templeton, to me, the six-year that they put out has always been more of a cocktail rye. Interesting. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to maybe trying a barrel strength, like old-fashioned. Ooh. Uh, I think that would be good. 
granted, I hate the idea of uh, limited availability expression and then me thinking, well, you know, let's put some cube sugar and some bitters in there. But hey, if that's the way to drink it, yeah. that's the way to drink right. it. So right. I'm all for it. I think I think you'll you'll probably survive <laughs> one way one way or another. Yeah, they they actually there is another release on here. Um, sea fog straight rye. It's a Rhode Island bourbon. I don't think or Rhode Island rye. I don't think I've ever seen one from Rhode I Island. I don't think I have either. I'm I'm definitely interested in um in trying that. They've they've got an American whiskey as well. Yeah, for sale in Rhode Island. I have <laughs> never seen a Rhode Island whiskey. Period, and it's so so bizarre. Do you see the ingredient there? The flavor or the the malt? Ten percent pale malt. I'm not sure. I don't even. Yeah, I have malt. no idea what pale malt means. Um. Yeah, another in the American whiskey yeah. as well. I I would definitely try it. Um, maybe we can reach out to them and <clears throat> see what we can, we can make happen potentially, but yeah. Yeah. So I honestly, that's, that's kind of it for the, for the news. There's not even any, uh, <laughs> there's no TTB releases this week either, uh, for, for Burma no. Rye. So, uh, we figured we would do a little bit more of a, uh, heavier drinking episode oh no oh, darn <laughs> i've already poured a um i mean i'm not excited um, <laughs> so i i gave swan uh three blind samples as well um and they pair perfectly with the the mice <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, all right. um <laughs> knee slapper there <laughs> I, I, it's, it's not necessarily for review. Um, I just, I wanted you to kind of try these three different whiskeys. Okay. So we'll, we'll start with sample A. What do you feel about it? It's a little ethanol heavy, but it's, it's in a good way. Like it's kind of punching me in the right, in the right yeah, way. Yeah. I don't think that it's, uh, it, it, it's in a way that makes you feel like, it's overpowering the flavors. No, it's it's very cherry heavy, very classic bourbon. Yeah, I'm getting some clove on there as well. Some clove, yeah, I could definitely see that. It doesn't lean that like super heavy tobacco-y though. It's definitely more of a light, but sure. the ethanol kind of leads me to believe it's maybe a little higher proof. When I really kind of dig my nose into it, I start to get some some fruity notes as well. And it's it's kind of an indistinct, like kind of a fruit juice, like a combination of different fruity flavors. I like this. I will say the most interesting part of this to me is the finish. It has a very distinct flavor I cannot pin down on the finish. Mmm. Ah, uh, I'm like right there with it. Oh, you know what it is? What's it's that? honeycomb cereal. I was thinking some <laughs> cereal. <laughs> it is yeah. 100% honeycomb. It's like honeycomb, honey nut Cheerios, yeah. something. Yeah. No, that's that's good, but it's definitely like that grainy. Mm-hmm. 
kind of thing going on. I like this. I like, I like this. I do think the proof is probably like 105 to 110. It's it's it feels like it's up there a little bit. If if not, it drinks a little higher proof. So which I appreciate. So I have, I have a question for you. Do you have enough glasses to pour all three of these side by side, or I got glasses and I poured them. Well, not these glasses, but like the ones that hold liquids. Yeah. Um, I got the ones that hold liquids here. Um, poured B and C. One of them's in a Norlin. You're welcome. Whatever you had it in a Norlin. Well, let me let me pour up the uh, the other two as well, um, so we can we can kind of be on the same page. Uh, I went a little heavy on that one. That's okay though. <laughs> oh no! What a horrible life we lead doing a podcast about whiskey. <laughs> I know Animal Crossing is gonna get wild. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> let me tell you, I'm buying everything in Nook's yeah. cranny. Finally gonna tell that raccoon what's up, yeah, Tom Nook. Anyway, um, <laughs> so so you like you like sample A? I do. Yeah, it's not it's not my favorite. I've been looking for something. I guess it has a little more kick to it. I've been drinking a lot of turkey, a lot of beam. There's kind of that bite yeah. at the beginning. So well, have you have you gotten a chance to smell sample B yet? This smells like graham crackers. It does. It smells like Teddy Grahams. <laughs> yes. I like this one more. I can tell it's going to have a little bit more of a bite. There, There is that kind of sweet note on there, but it, like the further I get into it, there's definitely a savory pop to it as well. This is, this is so much better than <laughs> A for me. So much better than A. It got that oiliness that just envelops your entire mouth. You can kind of feel it clearing out your nose a little. Definitely a little higher proof than the previous one, or at least it drinks that way. Oh. It's still got some of that cherry note. Mm. Teddy Grahams are there. Finish kind of finishes off with a little tobacco, but not much of that clove that we got in the previous one. This is good. This is good. Ah. I love, I love, I love this bottle so much. I'm excited to tell you what it is. Because you're going to flip to know, a little bit. <laughs> is it one that I can buy? That's the real question. So, Juan, have you tried sample three? I'm going to tell you this. Yes, but no. Okay. You can physically take your wallet out and pay for it. Can you find it? No. Well, kind of yes, kind of no. This one smells like saltwater taffy. What is up with like our candy notes tonight? I don't know, man. But does it not? It's got like that brininess. It reminds me a little bit of a Jefferson's ocean. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna disagree with that. It's a little it's a little corn forward. Is it weird notes. for me to Compared say that to there's the a tomato ones. note in there? No, like it's, no, it's, like when your face is like over a big bowl of tomato it's like soup. To, yeah, like tomato sauce or, or tomato soup for sure. I see that. And you know, I think some of that too is like 
I don't think I've ever had tomato soup that wasn't tomato basil. Oh. And I, I think I might be associating that basil note a little yeah. bit with it. But it is herby, though. It is definitely herby mm-hmm. on the nose. And see, this is doing one of those things that, like, by no means is it a bad bourbon or rye, because it's giving me a little bit of a rye kick in there. It gets kind of those tea notes as you go. Oh through yeah, on the finish, it's it's very much like a like a lemon green tea, especially on the finish, especially on the finish. Yeah, it's definitely the finish for me. That's that's not making this. Not making my favorite. Uh, it's very herby. Um, I'm having a hard time with this one. If I had to pin any of these down based on color, because this one is very dark compared to the other ones, I'd say this one's a little more in the Texas whiskey roadhouse, like wheelhouse. Roadhouse. It's kind of got yeah, roadhouse. roadhouse wheelhouse there. Listen, I'm just trying to get a blooming onion right now. That's all it is. Uh, but that's Outback, dude. Close enough. They've got fried onions. I don't go out to eat that much, Perry. I'm trying here. I don't know. The brininess mixed with that tea note, it's it's a good whiskey. The heat's there. I like it. It's got a lot of elements I do like, but the finish and the nose. It's a roller coaster of amazing to not so great for me. Okay, so what it sounds like is that you're going BAC. Yeah, I think so. So do you want to do you want to start from your bottom then and go up? Yeah. So what what what's C? What do we got for C? I don't know, but I don't want to start with your bottom. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, anyway, so C was um, <laughs> the Garrison Brothers Balmorea. Okay, okay. So it was a Texas whiskey. It's very dark. Yeah, that one's pretty easy it, to pinpoint. Well, th- this is not only a Texas whiskey, it is a double-barreled gotcha. Texas whiskey. Okay. Uh, 115 proof. And you know, this one by no means is bad. It's just... That tea note is off-putting to somebody that doesn't enjoy tea, you know. Yeah. Uh, might be your thing. It's not. It's just not mine. So a uh, little bit of background on it. Uh, it's homegrown, and this is coming off a bottle, by the way. Homegrown and handmade Garrison Brothers Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey aged two years in new white American oak barrels, transferred to a second new white American oak barrel, and aged another two years. So I I feel like it's not. I'm not picking up like the lighter corn notes from an underaged whiskey, mm-hmm. um, but I can kind of see where you would kind of be inclined to feel like it's a Texas one, though. I did get some of the corn notes, I think, on this one. Yeah, it's it's more in the it's nose. corn flaky. Yeah, it's in the nose. It's not so much in. It's not so much in the. Um, in the in the palette there. The palette I think is definitely where this thing shines. Um in the finish, if you do kind of enjoy those more herbal forward bourbons, this is wonderful, but it's just not my thing. Uh yeah. it's one of the few herbal ones I've had that I I think I would eventually reach for. 
Uh, and it's out of the Garrison Brothers stuff that I've tried, the standard release. This is much better, the double barreled. Yeah. Um, so I, I do, I do like that. Um, honestly, this this is one of the better ones that I've had from Garrison Brothers. Yeah. Um, and I don't say that like everything sucks because I, I've I've not had a bad Garrison Brothers product. This is just one of my favorites. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, do you want to know what A is then? Yeah. What's A? A is the Jim Beam pre-prohibition style rye. Gotcha. Okay. At ninety proof. Let me go back to this one. So you were you were a little bit off on proof, uh, which is fine. This is one of my favorite, just sipper ryes. Mm-hmm. Like just you know if if I feel like. I want bourbon, but with a little bit more punch to it. Mm-hmm. This is it. I get that. It, it's not bad by any means. Now that you're pointing out that it's a rye, I can definitely see some of the rye forwardness on it. But it does drink like a lot of the barely legal ryes that I've had. It's the yeah. Jim Beam flavor is is there now that I break it down, but. I don't think I'd reach for this one a ton. I've I've been a big fan of the Knob Creek rye, which I think is another. It's just yeah. another Jim Beam expression rye, but it's got an extra ten proof points on it. I I and the only reason I really reach for this again is because you know I might be feeling like I need a little bit more of a kick, um, because yeah, it is barely legal, but it it still has a higher rye content, uh, than than a bourbon does. Oh. Or than a bourbon or a rye bourbon does. Yeah, it definitely least. warmed me up for ninety proof. Uh, which yeah, so that's that's saying something. Um, and man, I miss those old bottles. I actually know where two of the Jim Beam bonded in that old bottle style still are. I know, I know where at least one is. Yeah. So we might we might have to kind of triangulate. Yeah, I'm gonna need to stock up for sure because uh, I, I miss those, man. There's just something special about those old, like cheesy looking labels that they had on there. I agree. All right, so your favorite of the three? Yeah, let's see what the favorite was. You can get, but not like this. This is my infinity bottle of Turkey 101. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, as, I mean, like, I've had recent releases that I've thrown in here. I've had some dustier bottles that I've thrown in here as well. And it has crafted, like, the best version of Wild Turkey 101. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. it is very good. There's a lot of depth to it. Yeah. Let's go back to that one. <laughs> yeah no that's good that is definitely good it's mm. a lot creamier than a normal wild turkey 101 i can definitely tell you put something in there that's older because it's got a very very faint dusty note but it is there i think i might have even put the remnants of like an eight-year age stated Mm. 101 in there as well i think yeah it's very it's very very good it's so hard to beat wild turkey 101 just knowing the price point at some of the ones that we've tried tonight 
And this is oh, no yeah. dig on Garrison Brothers. That this is just, it's good stuff, man. It is just good stuff. It is so hard to go into Total Wine and look at that and think, you know, I'm gonna get something more expensive when you got Wild Turkey 101 at 16.99. I I bought a handle the other day. Yeah, I did too, actually. <laughs> There's, there's one. Like, it, just bought it. It, I was, I was going through seven fifties too quickly. I was like, yeah. this is a, this is an investment. Yeah. I mean, it's we've got a, we've got a very small apartment. It's right next to campus. It's one bedroom, and I've yes. got one shelf that's just for bourbon. Nothing else doesn't go anywhere else. There's nothing in the freezer anymore. It's just what can fit on that shelf. <laughs> And I bought. Wait, your your big your big infinity bottle isn't in the freezer? No, I've got some meat frozen in there now, so it's in the, it's on nah, the shelf. But um, I brought it home and I looked at it and I'm holding this handle. I'm like, this isn't gonna fit. <laughs> and Diane looked at me and she's like, you better not put that anywhere else. Goes right there. We got a bourbon shelf. Goes on the shelf. <laughs> Slowly sit it down on the floor and I'm like, it'll be gone in a week. You're good. You're just just leaving your. <laughs> I feel I feel like it's gonna be my my post show drink, yeah. Here in a bit, but th- this though, I love really. Yeah, I mean, so like, I, and I I had like a bunch of, I had a bunch of bottles of one hundred and one just kind of sitting around, like it was, you know, three seven fives and two hundreds and seven fifties and liters or whatever, and I was like, I'm just gonna combine them all because they were just there wasn't enough to warrant like saving that much mm-hmm. i was like who cares Let's you know all together I, and i did and it turned out to be this which we both love apparently yeah perry i got a proposal for you man okay um i gave you a sample of a knob creek pick earlier today you did it is one of the most confusing, I don't know if I like it, Knob Creek picks I've ever had. Okay. Um, do you want to do a small uh, tasting or a review on it, one of the two? I would love to. I don't know if we can do like a review review since it You're is good. a pick. Yeah. Um, but I would actually really like to, to taste that with you. Um, I've not had the chance to try this. Yeah, so this is from um, a little a little liquor store pretty much across from my house. It's just down the street here uh, called Coliseum Liquor here in Lexington. They're not known for their picks. They're not known for any picks. So that I think this one was done with some haste, I think. Uh, and I, I bought it just because I wanted some Knob Creek single barrel. This is right when that fun little article came out that said 120 proof plus is cures coronavirus and i'm like well i know what 120 proof bourbon is i'm just gonna pick one, of those, pick one of those knob creeks up and i asked for one at the drive-thru only window that they had and they handed me a pick and i was like dude sure, i I'll I, I will be honest i will be honest with you the other day i was starting to feel like i was getting sick mm-hmm. and i had some knob creek and i woke up the next day feeling like a million dollars like <laughs> same and it, and it wasn't same. it wasn't even like in excess it was just that i had enough to kind of ease whatever those <laughs> those feelings might have been and i was like this is <laughs> this is great yeah. so i don't i'm not i'm not going to the doctor anymore i'm just drinking barrel proofs <laughs> forever <laughs> 
So, so this is a pick of Knob Creek Single Barrel. Yeah, so this one, uh, it is a nine-year-old. It looks like it was barreled on 127-2010. So it's, okay. it's right at nine. It's just, it feels like it's off-profile to me. That don't smell like a Knob Creek. Right? Right? I'm glad someone can confirm this because Diane had no idea and I've just been leaning on her for weeks on this. (laughs) But, man, you really rely on the people you're quarantined with for for input on this. But it's it's a very, very odd pick. So I I never pick up a lot of fruit on Knob Creek picks. And if I do, it's usually like prunes or something kind of dark. This is an explosion of fruit on the palate for me. Whoa. That is the smoothest finish. Mm-hmm. And I don't normally say smooth when I talk about whiskeys, but that is really the smoothest finish I have ever had on a 120 proof whiskey. It's very odd. I don't know if that was their intention when they went in. It was to find something that was a little more mellow, but if that was their intention, they sure did it. I I would never have guessed that this was 120 proof, or a Knob Creek pick, or or a Knob Creek pick at all. Yeah, whatever I said, crop crop creek, crop creek, creek. <laughs> there. Yeah, it is an odd pick, I've man. Had, I've had one meal today, so <laughs> yeah, you need food. I need food I am, as well. I'm very hungry, and I like part of me is going, hey, we should go, we should go live after this too. <laughs> Oh man, probably shouldn't. Anyway, um, wow. I I cannot believe that this is a Knob Creek pick. Yeah, and it's not bad by any means. It's just, no. it's just strange. Like it, it almost feels more like a Russells to me. Yeah, actually, that that's a really good evaluation of it. Yeah, and so I've had. A good amount of it, you know. I mean, there's there's quite a bit missing here. And I still just, every time I get it, I'm just a little confused. It's very strange. I almost gave you um, a sample of a Knob Creek pick today, and I didn't. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it up against uh, the newest Knob Creek pick from the Speakeasy, Wisconsin. I love that cork. You like you like the uh, <laughs> the rare breed cork. I tell you, like I, I first opened this bottle, and it took me a solid ten minutes just just to get the cork out because it was so snug in there, and the the rare breed cork fit perfectly in, mm-hmm. instead of having to to fight with it. But I honestly probably would have gone more. Russell's if you had fully blinded me with this. Yeah. It's very strange. It's it, like it's, it's one of the few things that age has just been tossed out the window for me on on the bourbon because I just am just so confused. It it doesn't even smell like the same whiskey. Mhm. Really truly. And they're both nine years. 
But this one, the 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 speakeasy pick. It it totally blows away the Coliseum pick. Yeah, I I think this is probably one of the worst picks I've had as far as just like Knob Creek goes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not it's not bad bourbon it's no it's just not it's just not a good knob, knob creek pick. pick yeah exactly <laughs> it makes you wonder if like they go into some of these picks with an intention of i'm gonna pick the smoothest one uh, i mean but it's smooth without character I think there is smoothness that can be attributed to overall quality. Yeah. But this but, is I mean, just like smooth. Like like if you if you just saw a man who is completely and totally hairless mm-hmm. and he was just wet. Like his skin was just wet. Like that's what this bourbon feels like. Like there's just it's just bland nothingness. <laughs> You know that one person on your Facebook feed that just takes every filter available and puts it on? <laughs> <laughs> That's the bourbon. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's odd, man. I don't know who would have thought this is the barrel to pick for Knob Creek. Granted, this is from a store, in my mind, that largely sells a lot of, like, cheap Tito's. wine, boxed wine, vodka. Tito's vodka, for you know, sure. Tito's vodka, and, like, tequila i mean their bourbon section is slim the ones they do have there or have been there for a while like they still have some of the boone county weeded they've got oh really from, yeah they've still got some older bookers in there none that we haven't already you know gone through heavily but uh it's just like makers rc6 is on the shelf just it's weird yeah uh definitely check them out if you're here i mean they've got quite a selection you won't see any of it until you get underneath the sales counter and look up past the cigarette. I've, thing, I've done but, that. I've done that many times. Yeah, but it's uh, pick it up if you want to experience this. <laughs> <laughs> if you feel so a fruit explosion. Yeah. <laughs> smoothie boy. <laughs> smoothie boy. Yeah, it's that's a smoothie boy bourbon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that ends the mass review section of the episode. Swan, we do have some questions on our Facebook group at facebook.com. You just search for this, my bourbon group. Uh, and and we, we've got we've got some good ones this week. I'm really excited uh, to answer some of these questions. There's there's a lot. There's a lot more than I was expecting. Um, yeah. The first one comes from Patrick Starkey. How do I play this Animal Crossing? We'll talk about that in tips and bits. Uh, Eric Smith asked, uh, if you could pick a barrel with any master distiller or taster or blender, who would it be? Bonus question, uh, that distiller slash taster slash blender has to pick a barrel from someone else's distillery. Which distillery would it be? (laughs) I feel like we could do a whole episode on this of like fantasy barrel picks. Uh, with master tasters or just tasters in general. I would love to do a barrel pick with Fred Minnick. Oh, okay. I would love to go on a pick with Fred. Hmm. If I had to pick one, I want to do a Dixon Deadman pick at uh, Wild Turkey. Oh, going on a pick with Dixon. 
that would be special. Yeah, that would be really Dixon special. And Wild Turkey would be insanely special because I know he's not. I don't, he probably wouldn't do this intentionally, but I have a feeling that when he went there, he would be looking for something to blend into something he would like to produce and put out. True. And I want to know what he sees in that barrel. You know, like I, it's it's almost the nerdy part of me more so than just getting the perfect barrel. I want to know what he sees in that barrel and how he thinks it would blend. Well, to to that point in terms of nerdiness, like I want to know what Harlan Wheatley's process is like. Yeah. You know, because he he is so he's such a quiet person. Like he doesn't do interviews that much. He doesn't really go public with what what it is that he he does. So I would just be so interested to see what he what he goes through when he's picking quality barrels that would go into a Buffalo Trace product. Yeah. I mean, so in Harlan, I know part of the reason he doesn't do some of the interviews is he gets two questions. He's like, why do you not produce more blank bourbon? And then also, you know, why is the price on secondary so high? Yeah. Two things that he can't control. You know, I mean, it's just, why would you do an interview about that? Yeah. If your big, an- you know, your big answers are, I don't know. Uh, but for like Harlan, I would love to know what makes a failed experiment. You do so much experimentation. What, what makes you taste something and go, this is not good enough specifically. That is fair. Uh, Ian McMaster asks, what is one barrel pick that you wish you could get again? I've got one. <laughs> I, I, I immediately sure. have one, too. Swan, you go first. There's two. Bourbon Karma. I want more of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then also, there's a Knob Creek pick that my Kroger store did when uh, I first started getting into bourbon that I bought two cases of and it's gone it was the knob creek pick 5142 that was the that was the numbering on it that was it but it tasted like a booker's expression yeah i remember it was that phenomenal it was, it was phenomenal. like an 11 or 12 year old knob creek pick right it was a 12 year old and all i could say was rum raisin that was it yeah that's right it phenomenal pick i'd love to have more of that so the the very first the very very first barrel pick I ever went on, um, and I've talked about it on the show, but it was for Liquor Barn, and it was a Knob Creek pick. We we picked two bourbons and two ryes, if I remember correctly, and the first bourbon we picked came out of the barrel at 121.5 or 9 proof or something like that. So it was as close to a barrel-proof Knob Creek pick that you could get. And I I have had so many Knob Creek picks since then, but it's still... I. I, I compare every Knob Creek pick that I have to that one. Mm-hmm. That's the and way it was, I would find. I think it was 12 or 13 years old. Maybe maybe closer to 12. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I, I just... <laughs> I, I'm like at a loss for words about that whiskey mm-hmm. because of how how amazing it was. And... The, the fact that I got to be a part of selecting something that was 
so close to a a barrel proof Knob Creek pick. Um, special man. It was it was awesome, and and you know we've talked about before what would we like to do uh, in terms of a, a unique barrel pick or a blending table. Uh, uh, what is it? A round table selection. Um, if I could do a round table Knob Creek or Booker's, that would be an, just an amazing experience. This one's from Bill Robarge. Hopefully, I'm saying your last name right. Uh, I think we are. Yeah, name your spirit animal and why your spirit animal likes vodka. I feel like you need to answer this for your April Fool's joke. <laughs> First, my my 2019 April Fool's joke. Yes. Um, spirit animal for uh, this is my vodka podcast. Hmm, maybe a goose. <laughs> oh, with the butter knife and it's and it's oh you know you know what the opposite of a bear is like a a, like a koala or a panda like one there there is something that people call like a panda is not an actual no 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 a koala is not an actual bear Mm -hmm. but like if like I, i imagine that it is the opposite of a bourbon drinker yeah you know like people say koala bear but it's not a it's not an actual bear and it's like well it says it likes flavored spirits but it doesn't actually like flavored spirits so (laughs) if i had to pick one there's a video of a red panda being terrified of a rock as soon as it enters an enclosure i've seen that video and it's adorable (laughs) it that that is me when I drink vodka. I'm just surprised <laughs> to see everyone. Everyone's getting a hug. I'm having a great time. I I don't I I don't know the last time I drank vodka. It was two nights ago for me. So, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's not that bad. We had we had it in some uh, blood orange infused uh, Sprite, and we poured in some um, some Grey Goose. Uh, infused with lemon, and it was just a big citrus lemon cocktail. wasn't too bad. Um, next one's from Brian Brennicky, who's also in the chat here. Thoughts on the impact of the current direction of the economy on high-end bourbon market? The current boom has been in a time of historic growth. So I guess he's asking how this is. You know, what what do we think about the bourbon market during this boom, but also having the COVID stuff going on. Well, I I think it's going to... I don't think that the market itself is going to slow down. I think that people are willing to buy alcohol regardless of how how much money they're making. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the secondary market is about to slow to a grinding halt um, if if people are not making the same amount of money that they, they have been. I, Other than that, I don't think that we're really going to see that much difference, to be quite honest. Yeah, I think some of the distilleries that are making higher-end stuff that are still considered craft are probably going to be hurting. Yeah. Uh, like, right now, as much as I'd, I'd love for New Riff or um, Wilderness Trail to come out with a higher-aged bourbon under their own label... I think it'd be kind of hard for them to justify just a humongous price gap, uh, which we talked about with the OKI a little bit, and I said maybe it'll go up a little bit uh, just compared to New Riff, but if New Riff became 
70 and then they slapped a new label on it and you know made it all barrel proof and it was hand selected by the master distiller and they gave it all these qualifiers i think it would just sit on the shelf right now because people are doing what perry and i are doing it's like i'm gonna go buy a handle of wild turkey 101 and i mean that's it's not like i don't want to support our local you know like james pepper and some of the other ones that we've got here it's just it's so easy for me to look at my paycheck and then think I need some budget bourbon that's not going to How, make me how can I stretch this? <laughs> yeah. If I can get a handle of Wild Turkey 101 for 40 or less. I, I have, dude. Yes. This this past month, I have never stretched a dollar further than I have in my entire life. Like, it's... <laughs> I've been very, very careful with what I've been spending. Yeah. I don't think we'll see a huge impact on the current boom. I think we will see an impact more so on craft boom. So that, that Oh, giant that's up, that's for sure. Yeah, that giant uptick of just like people taking on the mounting pressure of let's redo an old distillery or let's start something that's brand new and has this huge um you know, new thing that we're willing to put out in the market. One well, I'd like to point out here in Kentucky is Hartfield and Company. Yes. Heard nothing from them since this started. Uh uh, you know, I worry if they're going to stick around. Well, I, I will say, too, we talked about it last week, just the the impact that COVID-19 has had on um, craft distilleries. You know, it, it's it's not been easy. And some of those people are our friends as well. I mean, honestly, yeah. we, we, we have had to look at the people that, you know, we have had on the show and and gotten close to and, and know that. You know they they are really really suffering be, because of this, and um, it's unprecedented by any means. But we people will get through this in the best way that they can. I believe that. I really truly do. It's just going to suck for a for a long time. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'll suck for a while. Brian also asked, though, uh, will the mur- <laughs> I can't even say it. Will the murder hornets attack Woodenville, and should we stock up? I. You should always stock up on Woodenville. I agree. Mm-hmm. Also, if we if if we're not living in like the next generation of Bible stories at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Between between murder hornets and a widespread plague, <laughs> like this this is uh, it's something else. Unprecedented is a is a good <laughs> word for it. Yeah. Uh, Tammy Brennicky asked, uh, "Have you tried the Traverse City Whiskey Collection box?" I have not. And yeah, I've not. that's that's all I can say on that. Um, I would like to though. Uh, she also asks, now that some of the distilleries have the availability to sell some products directly online, long term, will this affect the amount of whiskey distribution to local stores? Yes, I think so. So we had Do something you? here in Kentucky happen last year. And this is a this is going to sound like I'm upset about this, but I'm not. Um Buffalo Trace offered their employees the opportunity to buy uh, Elmer Teeley 100. That allocation came out of Kentucky's allocation. 
so we didn't get as much Elmer T. Lee 100 as we were supposed to because basically it looked like a sale from Kentucky uh, when they sold to some of their employees. They very strictly said this is not for resale. You are not allowed to resell this to anybody. This has to be something you take home and either collect yourself or drink yourself. Uh, but we got so few bottles of that compared to some of the other states around us that it was ridiculous. Daggum Freddie uh, Johnson out there on the secondary market. Yeah. So uh, it, under it, under it, the it, name like Johnny Fredrickson or something. <laughs> yeah. I I could see this hurting uh, some of the distribution for states that are you know housing these distilleries so like kentucky didn't get as much of whatever they allowed some of their employees to buy at, at buffalo trace you know boohoo you know we, we have plenty of good options and kentucky only things that it's hard to complain too much um but it, I, I wouldn't mind some elmer Lee 100 you know yeah me neither um, so it may hurt some distribution but I, I think they're still working out the kinks in that system it's such a new a new thing you know uh, they're still figuring out how they want to approach that. So th- this last question, uh, we're going to have to take a little bit of time with, I think. Uh, it comes from Steve Adams, and he asks, uh, do you think Marianne Eves left Castle and Key, left Castle and Key, rather, uh, because the owners wanted to put out a product, the rye you guys reviewed, uh, which is the... Uh, Right on from Pinhook um, that wasn't up to her standards and they pressured her to release it. uh, So she left before her name slash reputation was associated with it. I don't know how much I am allowed to say on this. Um, All I can say, and and I I, I will go ahead and, and kind of put the kibosh on this conversation in terms of uh, the, the show itself. Um, I love Marianne to death. I, she is a friend of mine for sure. Um, I also support the distillery that is Castle and Key. I believe in what has been laid down uh, in terms of whiskey, but I, it, it is, we, we are not going to speculate on that kind of thing here. And it, it I'm I'm not I'm not trying to dismiss your question by any means, Steve, but I'm it's not our place. It's not our place yeah. to have that conversation, I don't think. Um so that's that. And I apologize for kind of a weird sour note at the end there. Uh but you know what's not sour, Swan. What's that? Tips and bits. Oh, I forgot this week. Otherwise known as pointy ends and what was the other thing? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot. It's Saturday night and we've been drinking swine. What do you have to recommend this week? You know, I've just been watching a lot of car content recently. I may have recommended it at the, at, at some point, but uh, there's a channel called Faster Proms right now. Yeah, you, rec- you recommended that like stuff. two or three weeks ago, I think. Yeah. I have to go with them again, man. There's, there's, they're doing something ridiculous. They like took a smart car, which is just this puttering around little, like goofy little vehicle. And they stuck like a 600 horsepower engine in it. And it's just been getting 
wilder and wilder. I mean, they are a freight train for content right now. They're putting something out almost every day. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, it's it's insane. I think they quarantined themselves at their their shop and they're putting it out. Oh, a lot of content. Um, if I if I could recommend something that's in uh you know in the realm of bourbon, this is a great time to try out new glasses. I've been just trying out you know just very odd glasses. Like two of the ones that I have I've tried this week have actually been from products I've bought eaten or gotten rid of the product that was in them and then just used them like mustard glasses we've got two of those we've had one's got a little handle uh glenn karen's uh i've been trying out uh i got a new glass the other day that was like this very odd like almost architecturally like tulip shape thing um and you can even find them on amazon where you can get like a six pack of random glasses right. for like 25 bucks um it changes the experience so much. Yeah. Um, it, it is just, it is worth trying it because I've seen some people that can't drink stuff neat, really enjoy bourbon after, you know, bourbon neat after they have the right glass to put it in. Well, and, and like, <clears throat> you know, Lucy for a long time said that she didn't like Turkey 101. Mm-hmm. But then she had it in a Norland. And she, had it and she <laughs> she liked it, um, so we can we can definitively an, uh, definitively answer the question. And she had it in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I uh, my tips and bits this week are all revolving around uh, one thing that has totally in encapsulated my life uh, for good or ill. Animal Crossing New Horizons on the Switch is maybe my favorite game that I've played over the past 10 years. Perry, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm shocked. <laughs> Are you now? <laughs> can you read it on my face? Yeah, I can I can really tell. You 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 look like you just did not see that one coming. Um I I have always loved life sim games, life simulator games. I I just enjoy them for some reason. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's an escape from anxiety and depression, or if it's just fun to build something unique. Um, but I, I find so much joy in animal crossing new horizons. I, I started on Monday. Um, and what that puts me now six days in and, I like even when I don't have stuff to do in the game, I'm still playing it. Like I'm still going fishing and finding bugs and building things and and whatever. Um but on the back of that, I will say too, uh one of my favorite really maybe my only favorite YouTube gamer channel. And it's just because, you know, it's really the only one that I've kind of latched onto, and I, I find a lot of joy in what he does. I, his name's Peanut Butter Gamer. Um, he makes really, really fun, interesting content um, that's a little bit more PG rated. Um, he, he's, he's not going, like, over the top with what he does or anything, but he likes to do like hacking videos where he goes into, you know, popular video games and, and tries to, you know, 
corrupt them as as far as he can. And but he's he's just he's very warm and just kind of man child y, but in the best way. You know what I mean? Like he he just he's kind of ageless in his content. Like there there is something to be found like for uh for everybody who is, you know, gamer oriented in some regard. Um but I I can't I can't stop playing freaking Animal Crossing. I'm I'm just look, I might even put my my Switch friend code in the description of this episode just so people can add me and you can come over to Ritzville and <laughs> give me your bells and your turnips. Give them. I want them. I like the idea of you having a room, but instead of a bourbon room, it's like a turnip room. So you just keep all of your prized turnips just everywhere. Or maybe you just make like a bourbon sanctuary and you're just sitting in your chair for hours on end for people to come talk to you. I've, I've thought about making like uh, a bunch of barrels and making it like my <laughs> my bourbon room in my house, uh, which I, I very well might do. Um, but at the moment, I only have three rooms in my house, and one of them is the kitchen room, as I described to my wife earlier, who said, so your kitchen room is your kitchen. And I was like, yes. Um. <laughs> I'm glad she's on the same page yeah. I am. And you know, honestly, the only reason I'm here is because I don't have a Switch. So, I mean, if I did, oh, I'd be you in would, the same you would, hole that you're yeah. in. We'll use some of that Patreon yeah. money to get you a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather pay bills this month. Yeah, we but, need yeah. we need some new microphones or something. Who's saying? <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. no, thank, it's worth it though. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Everybody who has been consistent in downloading episodes, uh, that really does help us out. Just making sure that people are listening uh, every single week. Uh, Swan, do you you have social media plugs? Right, I do. Yeah, I'm at uh, Facebook and Instagram. At my bourbon finder. And I am at P 1492 on all social media channels. You can follow the show at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Like I said earlier, you can leave us a five star rating and review in the iTunes podcast app or the Apple podcast app, rather. Uh, it takes you just a couple of seconds to uh, file that that review and i will it's a great way for other people to check out the show uh, it pushes us up in the charts and lets other people see that there's there's something interesting to be to be found i guess and you become part of the family as well uh, you can yeah. find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.thrillist.com i'm sure we have a, a sale going on there i i just i imagine that's that's actually Happening, you can leave us a a voicemail uh, for our barrel ring segment, which hasn't happened in a couple of weeks. Uh, but you can leave us a voicemail at eight five nine four two eight eight two five three, and we will listen to that uh, that voicemail on air and respond to it accordingly, uh, and give you a, give you a big old shout out on the show. And then last but not least, you can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash podcast for as little as a dollar a month. For $2 a month, you get exclusive posts and content uh, from the show. Uh, and at $5 a month, you get the bonus episodes as well as the pregame chats 
Uh, they come out the day before every episode. Uh, so if the episode comes out on Wednesday, you get on Tuesday some bonus content uh, where we just kind of hang out and chat and uh, get get ready for the episode. And we had a pretty good time this week. I felt like uh, with yeah. this uh, with this pregame chats. That does it for episode 129. Next week, I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, maybe. Oh, we're definitely waiting. Maybe it. even less news than we had this week. <laughs> Perry, I got an idea for next okay, week. Okay, let's do it. Ready for this? It's going to be podcast 130. Everything we have will be over 130 proof, and I will help supply. Oh, I don't, I, I don't know of much that I have that's over 130 <laughs> proof, so... It's going to be an Elijah Craig Barrel Proof and Stag Jr. episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got some Stag So Jr. you thought we got there. loose on uh, on this week's episode. Next week is going to be bananas. <laughs> yeah, well, the Flying Blind can be under 130. Oh, okay. Else, yeah, we'll do some. We'll do some. All right. We'll, do yeah, some we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, but until then, I'm Perry. And I'm Swan. And this is my bourbon podcast. Mm-hmm.